Day 10. Year 100 of the Dawn. Architect Builder. There was a gorgeous sunset flowing in the darkness. The peacocks were weeping because they did not have anything to make their nests with. So they gathered pieces of golden sunset and made their nests. George Gomez. The Music from the Water. I discovered that I was stronger than I thought I was, and that women are stronger than we think we are. Or maybe we know we're strong, we just don't use the strength, or are not allowed the freedom to move in the strength, depending on our culture. But it felt like an enlightenment, one of my first and most important enlightenments. This was it that I was not put on the earth just to commune with my creator, help Adam, or bear children, but I had gifts and talents that I could put to use to provide shelter for humanity, my humanity, the humanity that came forth from my own womb. I also could enjoy my own creations as an artist, as well as interact with God's masterpiece, the blue marble, the planet Earth. How absurd it is, isn't it, daughters, that we will be so belittled at times. We bring forth life from our wombs. Inside of you can be two. You will birth kings and servants. One of you will carry Moses, the great deliverer. One of you will bear Mother Teresa in her womb. One will bear Jesus, another Gandhi, someone else Martin Luther King Jr., the list goes on and on. This procreation cannot happen without a woman. It's incredible, really. Or it's a crazy joke that the creator plays on us to populate his globe. Somewhere between the miraculous and the marvelously ridiculous is a woman with a baby in her womb who will travail in labor both during birth and throughout the child's life. The life of a mother never ebbs away. This is how I feel as I write to you, my daughters. I feel the love of a mother who would like to blanket the earth with the nurturing that you so desperately need. If you have a good mother, then I am happy for you, and you are blessed. But you may have, or have had, a mother who is not the most patient and nurturing sort, or perhaps, in hushed tones I speak, you have a bad mother who is neglectful or mean-spirited. This is the fall of humanity at one of its worst places. For if a mother is heartless, we lose our core, the pulsating heartbeat that brings us all together. If you have a mother such as this, then in your heart, you know what a good mother truly is and you will strive to offer the best in you to your own children, if you choose to have them. Many of you, though, will have no choice about bearing children. You will be pregnant as a teenager, in an arranged marriage with some distant relative, which might end up going well, or which might fall just short of a solitary confinement prison cell. I am sorry. The world is in a fallen state, and although I desire justice, and justice will ultimately be done, it is often slow to come. 
and while you wait for justice, you die a little each day, perhaps burdened by more children than you can handle. Perhaps you won't know about birth control or be able to access it. This will get better as the centuries roll on, but the truth is, it may never be available to all women. Or perhaps you are at the other extreme of emotional heartlessness, brought upon by a culture or law that limits the number of children you may have. Perhaps you can only have one child, even though in your heart and your womb, you know you are supposed to have two or three. And that third one might have been the next deliverer of your era. Or your one child is a girl, and she is not esteemed in the eyes of your culture, so she is cast aside and dies by the side of the road. That artificial limit, spoken or unspoken, does not account for the possibility that the next baby girl who might die of exposure might encompass in her womb the next righteous ruler who would bring prosperity to your nation. Oppressing a generation can only bring about more oppression. When the wicked rule, the people howl. A righteous ruler brings peace to his or her people. We are so ignorant, are we not? I confess that I was the most ignorant of all. But I was caught up, you know, in something bigger than myself. And it just seemed to explode logarithmically, exponentially, until there was no control. I felt I had no hope of control over the babies coming, the babies growing, the babies multiplying. Oh my goodness, if I could have only seen the whole picture. But I didn't see anything back then. Nothing but the garden, the serpent, Adam, and the tree. And then, after the bite, it all seemed to be a daily trial to make order out of chaos. Learning to survive, struggling to live on a not-perfect planet in post-garden bodies without any instruction. Everything was so new and wonderful, so fresh, yet so terrible at the same time. Just like your life now. How I need so much to write to you so that you can have some sense of order in your chaos. The same minute that reasonable thought registers in your brain and in your heart that there is, that there must be, a bigger picture. That this is not all just a toss-up of human hearts and lives, a disorganized mess. But there is a greater plan and a lesser plan. The lesser plan is equally great, but not quite as big. Think about it as global and local. There is a global plan, wherein I can rest and be assured that despite all my stumbling and my mumbling about, the plan will still carry on. I cannot ultimately mess up God's design for the redemption of humanity, but I can offer a local strategy, not only for survival, but for overcoming, for living life vicariously and with grace. We are women, invincible in spirit and in heart. We are noble at birth, fashioned by the Creator to house His population, His precious beings. But even if we don't bear children, we are given the ability in our hearts to turn the tides of nations, such as Joan of Arc will do, 
or feed thousands of children in Calcutta as Mother Teresa will do. Men, it seems, are envious of the way women can give and relate to one another, like a baton in a relay race or a torch at the Olympics. Women can pass courage and strength to each other in a way that inspires and spreads like a wildfire that can never be extinguished. We can be invincible. I'm hoping my words burn like a fire into your heart, and that some bit of truth from the mother of humanity ignites a flame of desire to love without ceasing and to persevere through the darkest hours to bring a small bit of warmth into one other person's journey. Perhaps it is for that one person that your bell tolls. This little one that you will give your last cup of water to is to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and you will live forever as you give your last drop of love to bring a smile to the face of God. For his little ones, will always behold the face of God, their Father. I have carried you away on a tangent this morning when I was going to give you advice on building your home. But it seemed fitting, as the houses that you are dealing with may be tangible or not. I wish we could all live in cushy houses, but this was not so with me, as I struggled to live outside the garden. It probably will not be with you, except those privileged few who will have the blessing of living in times of prosperity or in places of peace. The most important house is the eternal house we have in the heavens, which is not made by human hands. This is the house that I felt in the garden, and this is the house that I carry with me in my soul as I proceed to build my house, more like my tent, really, on my journey outside the garden. When the revelation came upon me that I could design and build my own tent, it was, like I said, a bit of an accident. I was carrying the wood pieces. I sat down in the heap of wood and then proceeded to build the structure around me and to watch the light dance. If I was going to have all these children, then I could also design and build a house for them, or multiple tents. At first, Adam protested. Eve, don't be ridiculous. You need to tend to my needs, bear the children, and care for the children. Where will you find the time to design and build a house? And how will you do it, seeing that you know nothing of it, and there is no one to teach you? I know he just didn't understand, and I also felt that he meant well. He didn't want me to work harder than I already did, and besides, he was the man. He felt a responsibility to provide for the children and me. Before I set about to build, though, I had to consider this. First of all, our soul house is invisible. It is in the heart of a woman. Later on, for all of us who believe in him, there will be a forever house, New Jerusalem, which will be called Jerusalem Above, who will be our metaphorical mother, our protective house. Yes, even me, I am the first mother, but I believe in the dream of Jerusalem Above who is free, the everlasting mother, 
the dwelling house expressly designed by the heart of the Creator. God describes it this way, and it resonates with my heart. Wow. I think I'll just stop here because it's too amazing to think about, and I can never even design or build a house anywhere near the imagery that New Jerusalem invokes within me. With streets of gold and trees lined on either side that bear fruit to heal the nations. Cool. Right? You will read it years from now in John's Revelation. But I'm way back here in time, thousands of years ago. Or was it yesterday? Or a week ago? Time seems so long and so short. Or like there is no time at all. And history is just an infinite blink of an everlasting eyelid. I keep veering from my point. But you get the heart of the matter. I ponder a house that is not seen. A dwelling place in the heart. I feel that I could make a dwelling for all of humanity in my heart, as my heart has swelled with compassion over the years of caring for my children. When I think about my offspring and how much they will go through, so much good, so much bad, I wish I could have spared them from all suffering. I have to believe there will be more good than bad. Even though we live in a fallen earth, it is still the most exquisite creation in the universe, or at least in my universe, since I don't know what else is out there. I cannot imagine how beautiful the Creator's heart must be, and what He felt when He spoke forth the earth. This beautiful sphere of gorgeous greens and blues, heights and depths, water and land, as it came from the insightful complexities of his heart to house his creation, his creatures, and his people. When Adam and I lived in the garden, before the fall, it was like we were covered by his presence. We had no clothes for covering. The canopy of the trees in the garden was our covering, and the presence of God was our tent. It's hard to explain unless you've experienced it. Outside the garden, I longed for that covering. So, I organically designed our new tent. I used the materials that I found around me. I sewed until my fingers bled. I found a way to make cords out of branches and animal hair. I devised a way to pull the cords tight. I improvised a pulley system to place the heavy timbers. All of this I did while Adam was away hunting because he did not understand that I might be able to make a better house for us. I felt I should show him. I even got the children to help. It was like the first mosaic masterpiece coming together, like the tree of life being patched together all around us. I wish we had had cameras then, because I would have taken a picture to show you all. But then, of course, how could a photograph last that long? You will have to picture our fantastic tent in your mind. So I'm saying that I became the first architect. Me, Eve, a woman. With the desire to house my children, I put my hands to work and found that I was very gifted, because my heart was first. I spent the most time in the home, so it made sense that I should design it. I knew the flow of circulation needed to operate the methods of my daily life. 
I had everything in place. This vine rope pulled tight there. That opening in the purple drapery there. I put the most effort into the sleeping space I made for Adam and myself, so as to make it a sacred place for us, separate from the rest of the busy family life. Of course, the children crashed it with their whines and giggles, but it was important to make this space, and the payoff was, well, I will write about it in my next session. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Isaiah 51